Ciao ragazzi and welcome to another edition of Serie A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast for your Calcio to go. I'm Frank Crivello. He's Richard Carmen. Ciao, Richard. Ciao, Frank. How are we doing on this Tuesday night? We're back on Tuesday night. We're back to Tuesdays. We we're we we are we're back to Tuesdays. That's right. So uh uh feels normal. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Feels somewhat feels somewhat normal after all. Yeah. So uh, yeah, doing all right. Uh, got to uh, enjoy a little of the uh, uh, Champions League games today, and uh, yeah, uh, we saw Lazio. Uh, unfortunately, they're going to be taking a disadvantage to uh, Holland uh, next week. Uh, Mr. Bob Lux is in the house. Anthony's in the house. Good to have you with us. So, uh, and then we had a great week of uh, great week of City Odd. The, the goals were a little bit lacking, uh, <laughs> but yeah. you know. The, the ones that were scored were actually pretty good. Uh, we were able to scratch out a top five despite the uh, the lack of goals. But aside from that, uh, doing well. Um, Anthony had his first uh, like sleepover where his friends came over. So, um, and I'm just going to prepare you for the toll that takes on you as a parent. <laughs> um, I didn't. I thought you meant the Anthony in the chat, and I was like, "What? What? No, no." <laughs> I got you. No, I'm with you now. I'm, with you now. I, I, I'm gonna assume that our, our Anthony in the chat has had has, has had that. So um but no. I uh, no, my son Anthony, I said. Okay, gotcha. Um I was clear about that, I'm sure. Yes. Um <laughs> but uh you know, just to prepare you because you have two kids, uh yeah. I'm just preparing you for the toll that that takes on you. So you know, I, I didn't even need a drink and I was exhausted. Oh my goodness. Uh, so it was kind of, but it was good. It was, it was kind of, it was a fun experience for him. He had a great time, but it was just the, the, the younger sister wanted to be included in everything that the rest of the boys were doing. Um, and, uh, you know, and then trying to keep her away from them and her having ideas. It was just, yeah, it's all, all that stuff. So, you know, it's, it's a recovery in and of itself. So how about yourself? Uh, do you have a good weekend? Yeah, weather was nice. Can't complain. Uh, got to watch a lot of lot of couch, a lot of football in general, and uh, yeah, it was good. It was a good weekend overall. I can't complain. I wish obviously wish it was longer. I, I wouldn't mind a four day work week, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll get, we'll get there eventually. Yep. So we had sixteen goals uh, in City on this weekend. That's so, it. Hmm. Yeah, that's it. So so Bob, technically speaking, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, a certain one one team uh, almost got half of that. Um, yeah on sunday but yeah. um yeah. what you know be that as it may so and you and, and you got pink eye again yeah isn't that nice you, kids gotta love have kids how does that happen so quickly how does it <laughs> in quick succession there's been so, like a, a sickness in my house that hasn't dissipated for two months so you know it just we give it to each other hmm. did shalka win they at did. the weekend congrats they to shalka all right they did. they did so where does where does that put you Still the bottom of the table, second to last. But <laughs> sorry, I asked. We got Dortmund though this weekend, so yeah, Olivier Darby and you, you know, a litany of injuries with that team, and a bunch of those guys just had to just just went out of their way fighting to try to try to 
stay alive in the Champions League today. So you might have a chance. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we should get over to the Calcio side of things, Richard. Um, let's start with Friday. Um, Napoli and Lazio. Um, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna start with the capital teams today because uh, big wins for both of them in terms of their fight to stay in the top four. Uh, Lazio going on the road. Uh, at Napoli, at the, at the Diego Armando Maradona Stadium. And the one thing that I was just being ever so slightly critical of Lazio about is that despite their very their their good away form on the season in the league, it's like I'm trying to figure out who did they beat away that was, you know, of note. Well, now they have that win that they can hang their hat on, a 1-0 win over yeah. Napoli. Um, the goal by Matias Vecino is a uh, uh, goal of the week candidate. Um, it was, uh, it was a nice, nicely taken volley. Sari set Lazio up to be more defensive, you know, which is not something we're used to seeing from Maurizio Sari. I think that he probably came to grips with our only shot at beating Napoli is, is having to play this way and hoping that Napoli misfires. Napoli misfired. Um, only two shots on target out of their 14 in that game. Kind of sum up Lazio's win here. What did you see that was good? Uh, what did you see that, you know, maybe they got a little lucky with? Uh, and then, you know, conversely, let's talk about let's talk about Napoli too, uh, with with a defeat here, with a hiccup in their uh, in their path to a scudetto. As uh, Bob Lex says, uh, Sari went full Mourinho in this one, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's certainly, I mean, you look at the um, shots on goal; it was you know. 10 to 3. It seemed like it was typical Napoli for the most part, but the way that Sadi set up his team, I thought it was interesting that Vecino started in the middle. Uh, I wasn't sure how that was going to play out, you know, just seeing the lineup in the beginning. But what we saw is that, you know, Lazio weathered the storms very well. Provadel came up huge in this game. Um, they took advantage of Napoli, the, the opportunity that they got. And it was a, you know, it was a great goal for sure by Vecino. I uh, would definitely a goal of the week. But I, you know what we saw from from Napoli is this: they were just misfiring. Um, they they had their opportunities, but the final ball was just just missing. And then a couple of times that they got on target, Provadel was there to save them. And Provadel is a quality goalkeeper for sure. We've talked about this for the longest time. Um, and it's just you know it was a perfect storm. It was Saudi and Lazio playing the game very well, um, being very compact, trying to limit the damage as best as they could and i think it was oh, i think it was obviously successful they got the win and again this is similar to what we saw with inter the only exception is inter was very very physical with with napoli but the the blueprint was fairly much pretty much theirs where like you don't give up too many dangerous plays and then you try to catch them when you know when they got all their men down on your end um so i think i think lazio did the had this game beautifully done. I mean, you know, it's not the typical Saudi that you'd mentioned, but it got the job done. And that's what we wanted to see with Lazio. Would they take that next step, um, get that important road victory? Well, they certainly did in this one. They gave everyone another blueprint, another way to how you can beat La- Napoli. Um, and again, we, we, we talked about this last year, is that of the, both Roman clubs would be a challenger into the top four this year because of the second year under their managers, Granted, the new wrinkle that Saudi has brought is a defensive aspect to his team against a team that likes to have possession, and it was successful. Uh, and so I think kudos to Lazio all the way around. They get the credit, yes, 
Napoli missed their opportunities, and they, they have some blame to this, but I think you got to give more credit to Lazio than you do blaming Napoli, Napoli for their loss in this one. What are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are, I mean, don't look now, but Lazio have the second-best defensive record in the league at 19 yeah. goals conceded. I was very concerned for them going into this game uh, without Nico Casale, who I think has been their best defender this season, but I think you have to give a lot of credit. Uh, to whoever Saudi puts in that Regista, Regista position, okay. Yeah. And this time it was Vecino, and he, you know, he put in an all. He, he actually put in a very good all around performance. For yes, me, he was he the best player in the best player on the pitch. Um, but when he's not in there, Danilo Cataldi has been giving you a lot of a lot of very good performances too. This is a significant step up from where they were with Lucas Leva. Um, you know, and what we, we said, I think I said it last week. I said Lucas Leva was just a turnstile. Um, you know, this deep in his deep this deep in his career, and it was a glaring problem for for Lazio defensively. And now they have shored that up somewhat. You know, and it really didn't take much shoring up. I mean, when you look at what Lucas Leva gave Lazio uh, in the latter, you know, in the autumn of his career, it's not going to take much to improve off of that. Okay, and yeah. you got Vicino and 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 Cataldi who. You know, put either one of them in that role, and it's an upgrade, and it's it's worked out. I think that you've got a player in Sergei Milinkovic Savic, who, I, I you know, pe- people look at the goals that he scores sometimes from the coming out of the midfield position, but I don't think people appreciate the overall box to box element of what, with which he plays. Uh, I think another key player in this role, another key player in this lineup that I think you have to give a lot of credit to for the role that he was asked to play in this game is Felipe Anderson. Um, you know, playing on that right-hand side, playing yeah. on that right-hand side and having to track Kratos Kalia, uh, having to do some of the supportive work and having to do some things like that. I thought he was very impressive. And once again, as a winger, this has been a long time thing with Felipe Anderson. I can go back to the very early years that we did this podcast and his first time around at Lazio. And the thing that we raved about was that the all around work that he did, yep. you know, intercepting the ball, winning tackles. Um, I want to go and I, you know, real quick, I know that he had like four tackles, one, and he had like two interceptions, um, but winning ground duels, winning in the air, uh, you know, committing himself, uh, you know, to whatever it's going to take to help the team win. I don't think that people look at those sorts of things. They look at, well, what do you do in the attack? You know, what do you do with the ball at your feet and, and, and that sort of thing. But, but it's, you know, has got guys that can win games for him. And then he's also got guys that are not afraid to go in and do the dirty work. And I think that that's, what's made, yeah. you know, Lazio be able to ex- sustain some success this season. And, be, and, and in particular, uh, get these three points here against Napoli. Um, I come over and I look at the Napoli side and I just, you know, chalk it up to just a bad day and they just, they misfired, <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. it's just, it's really all I, all, all I can say about it. Cause I look at them statistically. I look at them on the, on the strength of their performance, you know, can't really complain a whole lot, uh, about how they played. They just didn't score. So, yeah. And I think the other thing too, was that like between the two teams have, who've beaten Napoli this season, right? Um, first, Inter, they fouled a lot. They got a lot of yellow cards against them. Really yeah. frustrated physically. This game, what we saw is that Lazio were composed, uh, as Anthony said, they collapsed. They really forced them to be on the wing on the wing back side. Kind of sort of took them out of their element, even though they are kind of comfortable with that. Um, but what we saw is that Lazio, when they got the ball, they were patient with it and they drew, they, 
they, they made Napoli more and more frustrated, forcing them to make more fouls. So in this game, we saw Napoli commit more fouls against Lazio because of that frustration that they couldn't get the final ball in. Lazio were, you know, very comfortable with the ball when they had the possession, the, the, the few chances, right? Uh, and it just made it just made Napoli frustrated. And it, as the game goes on, a team like that who's expecting to score goals early and a lot, and you start having that zero continue on for the rest of the game, you just get frustrated. You start throwing fouls around left and right. Um, and uh, for Lazio's Lazio's part, they were composed. They only had what two yellow cards in the game, which is the same as 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 Napoli. And so credit to them, you know they they did what they had to do. They every person played. It was pretty much a team effort in this. And that midfield, like you said, Vecino leading the way, obviously with the great goal. But he did so much more in that game, not just you know score that goal. So yeah, kudos to Lazio. And again, when Lazio will play well, they look like one of the best teams in City. Yeah, obviously yeah. you have one of the best defenses in the league. The thing that drives us nuts and 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 over and over again is that they're so inconsistent. Then they lose to a team like you know Cremonese or somebody, somebody they had no right losing to. And you're like, who who is this team? Is Jekyll and Hyde? One minute they're one of the best teams, another minute they they can't beat a team that they should beat. So you know, great for Lazio. Hopefully they can build on upon this, and it's certainly making the top four an, an interesting race in the two city race. Definitely seen that. I mean, you, they, they they have definitely had a tendency to play down. Uh, to the level of their competition or play up to it, depending on who they're playing against. Another stat from this game. Uh, yeah, I mean, Napoli, Napoli seemed a little relaxed to begin with. There's some there's some truth to that, sure. Um, 22 clearances by Lazio. So what does that tell you? That tells you they won a lot of balls deep in their third and they yeah. just weren't willing to take chances with trying to play out of their third and – because what will Napoli do when they lose the ball? They try to win it right back where they lost it. Immediately. You know, and Lazio just said, let's clear it. They'll probably win the clearance. They'll probably regain possession. And let's just take our chances with them coming at us and let's win it again. Okay. If we don't like – I mean, I think it was very smart out as a team collectively. When I see 22 clearances, that's an awful lot of clearances. Okay. Yeah. Um, I see a team that reads the game and says – Dumping it is going to be our best chance in this particular situation. We can't play out from here. We're looking whatever you know, you know what's around us. So let's you, you know let's clear it away. And I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. Um, you know they weren't being fancy with defense. That was you know that that that's exactly the point. It's like okay, take our you know let them you know clear it. Let them have the let them restart from midfield and let's take our chances with winning it again and winning it in a better position and then attacking and then seeing what we can get out of it. And I think that we saw a lot of that with Lazio. And a great example um, of that too is that like it was a total team effort and to your point of all the clearances there's a play where it was late in the game Austin gets a header on the ball goes off the crossbar comes back out someone takes a shot forget who it is Provadel makes a point blank save goes back out rebound comes again Immobile on the goal line clears it away I mean, it's a total team effort. They just hawked it out to midfield, like you said, and reset and said, you know, we're not going to exactly fancy. just clear it out. And that's what Napoli did, and or Lazio did, and that's why they deserved a victory. Exactly. They they it was disciplined. It was it was smart. It was measured. It wasn't. Yeah, and and things were. I mean, things were timed extremely well. I mean, they only committed eight fouls throughout the game too. So, yep. um, you know, I think we're. Inter had at least double that amount when they played yeah. uh, when they played Napoli. I, yeah. You know, I'd have to go back and look at it, but many more yellows too. Yeah, yeah, very, very much so. So, um, yeah, I mean, what else can you say? I mean, and, and, and Napoli just chalk it up as a okay, didn't go your way. All right, yeah, <laughs> you're still still 15 points clear, uh, and you know, um, 
the, the Scudetto race is not back on. Uh, anybody that's trying to come out and try to sensationalize this uh, is crazy because um, it's still, but I think my prediction of Napoli clinching this at the end of match week 35 is looking a lot better now. So, um, you know, so we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Kyle saying the best way to try and get the better of Napoli is to let them come up the field. Don't engage, but when they get into certain areas, just really condense space, double up on certain players. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, I don't mind that. I think where you want to where you want to double and you want to create a lot of pressure is don't make Herving Lozano look good, um, you know, and then take away any passing lanes into Osimhen, take away any space that Zielinski can get into. And with Kvartis Kalia, you're going to be taking. I think with Kvartis Kalia, you're just going to be taking your chances um, <clears throat> and hope that your defender can come out better on the day. Yeah, and I can't be critical of Napoli. I mean, they they had they had a lot of opportunities themselves. Yeah. They just couldn't finish, right? But my one, if I'm I'm gonna nitpick and I will nitpick, is I sure. think Havrashelia has an opportunity to learn from this because he made a huge mistake in the game uh, that cost his team the game. Where he goes for a clearance, is a poor clearance right to Vicino. This you know you know freaking worldly volley that gets a goal in there. Havrashelia is gonna learn from that and do better next time. But you know sometimes you have to learn from your mistakes. And again. That's just being nitpicky with him because I think overall Napoli were fine. They just didn't. They just got beat. And, you know, like somebody said in the chat, you're not always going to be 100. percent No team. You're not the. There's only what. There was one invincible, maybe two if you count Milan as well, uh, back in the day. And, and I'm talking about obviously I'm talking about Arsenal uh, with Bob here. But uh, for the most part, you're not going to be 100 percent all the time, and and you get punched in the mouth sometimes. And Napoli weren't bad. It just they got beat by a better team today or that day, I should say. Can't clear a ball high and wide. He's never going to make it in this game. Never going to make it. <laughs> He's Poor rubbish. Poor He's guy. rubbish. Sell him. Sell him. Sell him. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that was uh, that was that was Napoli Lazio. But uh, you know uh, the other uh, the other Roman club said, uh, "Hold my beer," didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And we're obviously talking about Roma. Roma hosting Juventus. Uh, big game. It's uh, I want to say top table clash. I, I had the jokes about the Juventus being a mid-table team, you know, whatever. They're, they're a good team. Right? If they didn't have the 15 points, they'd probably be second in the league. Uh, but it was a good game nonetheless. Uh, you know, look at the lineups in this one. I thought it was um, interesting from Saudi's men. Um, they wanted to go with a false nine and Paulo Dybala up top, which was interesting. I, I You knew when you saw this is automatically going to be a counterattacking game. You know, you want to give Juventus the ball, um, let them kind of create chances on the counterattack. And I thought what we saw from Roma in this one um, – Certainly an interesting lineup. I love seeing Spinazzola and Zalewski on, on either wings. Cristante uh, and, and Matic in there, you know they're going to try to clean up, the, clean up the game. And it's good to see Wijnaldum back, right? Wijnaldum with Pellegrini and then Dybala. Uh, it was a good, strong lineup, I thought. And, uh, you know, with Juventus, um, pretty standard lineup. You know, three at the back with a five in the middle. Um, Fajoli going to start in this one. And then, you know, obviously Di Maria and, and Vlahovic. Um, good game. It was a lot of, lot of chances, I think, going both ways. Um, Roma did get the obviously the all important win with uh, Marco Matarazzi getting the goal there in the uh, <laughs> uh, uh, in the fifty third minute. But I mean, like you know, look at the game. The game was a lot of chances both ways. I think in the twenty twenty sixth minute or something like that, Paul Dybala forces Wojciech Chesney did make a fantastic save. Right, I thought I thought for sure Dybala was getting that goal there. Uh, and then a little bit later on, uh, Cuadrado had a, a free kick that hit off the. It forced I think uh, Rui uh, Rui Patricio to make a great save. Uh, also, he had off the crossbar a little bit later in the game. Um, so there was some back and forth. But, I mean, eventually Mancini did get a freaking incredible goal um, from distance. 
I call him Marco Matarazzi for many reasons, but we'll get to that point a little bit later in the game. Um, a lot of opportunities going both ways in this game, I thought, but uh, ultimately uh, Roma would hang on. Uh, it would be a red card in the game, uh, which is why I referenced Mancini as Matarazzi. He kind of drew the foul on Moise Keane. And you know, real quick before we get into the rest of the game, thoughts on this red card and the whole play? Because obviously what Moise Keane did was unacceptable. But, I mean, uh, thoughts on the overall play and Mancini drawing and his delayed reaction. I mean, wh- what would you make of all that? Well, can't can't deserve to go off. I mean, sure. you can't violently kick at a guy, and you yeah. know, yeah. Um, it was it was deserved. I mean, now <clears throat> it was it was it, did Mancini maybe bait him into it a little bit? Sure, but I mean, I think that that's just the the ter- the territory with an experienced player. Yeah. Um, you know, so we 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 see it happen. We see it happen quite a bit, and you know, just as a young a young player like Moise Kane, you just needs to understand: don't take the bait. Yeah. So, um, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I the red, the, it's a red. I don't think you can really give Mancini uh, anything for his role in the situation because, with respect to the rules of the game and with respect to the laws of the game, he really didn't do anything wrong. So, um, but. Uh, I would, I would disagree. I would disagree with you just slightly. Um, okay. Um, I think I, I think Moise Kane deserved a red for sure, right? You don't kick somebody up there. You're not Eric Cantona. Even Eric Cantona is going to get a red, right? But um, I thought, and I agree, he shouldn't have taken the bait. But Mancini, I mean, you watch watch replay. He's dragging Moise Kane by the arms. His legs are literally dragged on the ground. He's just dragging him, and I can see why Moise Kane would have kicked. Him. I probably would have kicked him too, uh, considering who the person is. So I mean I think at a minimum Mancini should have got a yellow card in that in that situation, uh, but again and not to take it away from what Moise Kane did, Moise Kane should have not done that. You saw Allegri's face, you know, completely pissed off at, Mo- at Moise Kane, uh, really ruined their chances of coming back in this game because I mean with Chiesa coming on late in the game, really got a spark for them, uh, and you know Kane comes in, red card comes out, you know, like a Balotelli or 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 even a Matri situation, which we'll, we'll, we'll reference in who on couch on Twitter, uh, but. Mancini, this is who he is, right? He is, I, I call him Marco Matarazzi because this is what Marco Matarazzi was known for, always did. He did this in the World Cup. He's done it in his whole career where, you know, he would he would be that guy where he, he'd bait you and bait you and bait you, take the foul and then dive and scream bloody murder, I'm dead. And that's what Mancini did. And, and to his credit, he does that very well, right? And so, and he got the goal in this game, but he is not without fault in this situation. But again, Moise Keane deserved a red, 100%. What, yeah, what do we say though? It's 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 not the instigator; it's the it's yeah. the retaliator that always gets caught. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, feisty game though, wasn't it? It was a feisty game, I thought. Which you should expect from two teams like this, the way they're managed. Um, yeah. And their managers. Yep, and their managers. Uh, very feisty game, but we're talking about Saudi going full Mourinho. Mourinho went full Mourinho. Yeah. Uh, in this game. Um, you know, just looking at. Some of these uh, statistics, yeah, I mean, there were there's the one red card. There were six cards altogether in this game, um, and yeah, Roma chopped their way a little bit. I mean, we talked about how Lazio was maybe a little bit more disciplined. Where and then you talk about clearances, Roma had 23 clearances in this game. So it yeah. just must be something that they're doing on the capital <laughs> um, yeah. with uh, just getting rid of the ball and not taking chances. So um, 
just a very strong measured performance by Mourinho. And yeah, when you looked at the starting lineup, you knew what they were going for with uh, the insertion of uh, Vinaldum yeah. uh, in the lineup, and then DiBala, you know, playing as a false nine, if you will, in this three in in, in the Christmas tree setup that they had. Um, tough game for Spinazzola. He got booked. Yeah. Uh, he was in some really good form. Still is. Uh, but uh, you know, for me, the best players in this game. Um, I, I, I'm going to – Mancini was my man of the match, and then I think you can make Re, Re Patricio, uh, Chris yeah. Smalling, and Roger Ibanez. You could probably all put them in as a collective. Yeah. Because um, I think they all held up well against the back line. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, certainly Di Maria got his got his licks in, but yeah. you hold Dusan Vlaovic to two shots over the course of 90 minutes. Um, you know, and, and – Really, what did Roma do? They kept everything in front of them. They know that they're, you know, Di Maria is going to try to do some things. Just get compact Discipline. with him. Yeah. Discipline. Um, you know that Quadrado, having Quadrado and Costage wide, that they're going to get the ball wide and they're going to serve the ball. Uh, Costage certainly more so. Um, you know, and you just make that predictable. And then when they do get into those crossing positions, um, when they do get into those crossing positions, you deny the cross. I and mean, Kostic crossed it five times. Quadrado cro- crossed it three times. So there was a lot of that going on too. Um, so just you know, just both Roman clubs uh, were very committed in their performances, and yeah. both deserved to go out with the three points. Hundred um, percent. Let me ask you this: okay. seeing a lot of shtick about. You know, Carlo Garganese was giving Dusan Vlaovic some stick, some stick here on Twitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's deserved, but I also said it way back when this deal happened. Yeah, I don't think this is really that great a move. Um, you know, and has has Vlaovic scored some important goals over the last fourteen months for Juventus? Absolutely, he has. Has he paid off? the 75 million euro price tag uh you know and did he has he delivered on the expectations that you would want for the kind of money that Juventus committed to have him there and the quick answer to that to me and is no correct he hasn't so i wanted to get what you thought about that yeah and i was going to actually bring this up myself because you know a lot of Juventini were have been showing the statistic about Oh, he's not as good as he was at Fiorentina, and statistic statistic wise, and um, it's yeah, it's like we said when he first joined Juventus, this was going to happen. Uh, Vincenzo Italiano has a plug and play system, and it it seems that almost anybody he puts in there is going to score goals. Uh, not that Vlahovic is not a good player; it's just the system he's going into is not conducive to getting a lot of results. And yes, Allegri's guys in the past have scored a lot, but that's not because of Allegri, just because you know we got guys like Ronaldo and stuff. Uh, and, and Dybala as well. You know, at their point, those guys, you know, both are able to create some goals. They're, they're different types of players as opposed to Vlahovic. Vlahovic needs a service. Um, he's very talented player, no doubt about it. I think if he went to another system, he would probably thrive a lot more. Um, it's not to say he's a bad player. It's just it doesn't fit the system, the type of player he is. Um, and I think, you know, looking at this Juventus team, there's only one world-class player on this team. It's not Chiesa. It's not Vlahovic. It's Di Maria. Di Maria has been doing it for decade or more at top level um 
Chiesa will get there one day. He's he has the talent to do it. We saw it at the Euros. He has that level. He just got to be he's got to be healthy, right? Um, Vlahovic is still young. We saw glimpses of that in Fiorentina, and then you know you know he's had some big goals, like you said. But he's got to bring it eventually. You know, to be a world class player, you have to be at that top level for many years, many years. That's why we you know we call guys like Koulibaly in defense why he was a world class player because he was top of the top one of the top defenders in the world for a decade. Right oh, with Napoli before he went to Chelsea, and so um, Vlaovic, it's gonna struggle. I, and and I know a lot of Juventus are fearing that he's gonna have to, he's probably gonna leave, and he probably should if he wants to be successful as a player. Um, I think long as Allegri's there, and the way that Allegri's got the team humming right now, I don't see why he wouldn't stay. Uh, I don't think the marriage is gonna work out, and I don't see Allegri changing his tactics that drastically where it's gonna feed. Feed all of a sudden, Vlahovic is not scoring all these goals. You know, it just it doesn't line up for whatever. Well, for, there's obvious reasons, and it just yeah, it it sucks for him, and it sucks that they pay that money. But they're not going to reap. They're never going to get the money back that they paid for him. Um, will he maybe get some big goals? Absolutely, he already has. But he's not going to be that guy who's a catalyst for the team like an Ibrahimovic was back in the day, or Del Piero, or anything like that. He's not. It just mm-hmm. not going to happen. Kyle's asking that he would, Kyle's suggesting that he would do well at like a Bayern. I, yeah. You think so? Okay. Think so. And I think that that's probably because the playmakers around the striker at Bayern are far more dynamic and they can do a lot of different things. They can take a ball in line, they can dribble at you, they can come inside, they can come outside. I mean, you look at how Juventus are set up when they attack. You got Di Maria going all over the place, but. Juan Cuadrado and Philippe Kostic are on railroad tracks. Yeah. So it's very, very predictable in their play, and you know when they're going to cross. You know, there's not – they're not – you know, Kostic more so is not going to beat defenders 1v1 and then finish the play with a cross. Um, imagine Vlaovic at Napoli. Oh, dear Lord. Yeah. Um, he would feast. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Okay. Let's ask this question since, since, since Bob brought that up. And Napoli fans are going to absolutely throw me to the wall on this one. <laughs> okay. But, Kyle, get ready. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if Vlaovic was in Osimhen's role at Napoli, would he have more goals than Osimhen at this point in the season? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to say, I would say Vlaovic would have a lot of goals. He would not have more. <laughs> that's not what I asked. <laughs> but he would not have more than Osimhen. I think. Vlahovic okay. is certainly a, a, a fantastic poacher. He can do fantastic things in the box. He does not have the pace of Osimhen. I don't think he has the intelligence or the reading of the game that Osimhen has. That's a very underrated game that, that Osimhen brings, hence why he's one of the top strikers in the world. Not that Vlahovic is bad, but I think Osimhen is on another level when he's reading these games. I mean, he finds the ball finds him no matter what. Um, Vlaovic, you know, he'll get in the right position occasionally, and and he knows he knows how to, to do the box dance as a poacher does. Osimhen just is on another level, and I, and I while I think he would be successful at Napoli, what Osimhen, I think Osimhen would be is the better player if they were both at the same team. I mean, Simeone, okay. Simeone is comparable to Vlahovic compared to Osimhen. He can't get a start. He can't get a sniff at a start because Osimhen is doing so well. Yes, right. he comes on. He gets goals. He's got great goals per minute, whatever. But again, Osimhen just has these 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 this talent, lots of talent that is unmatched. 
with any striker in the league. I think Vlaovic would be close, but I would still say Alcimen would have more goals than him. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, but I think Vlaovic would be pretty darn close. Uh, yeah. and, and, but, but then it's also at the same time, it's also the product of what have we been saying about Luciano Spalletti teams over the years? Center forwards absolutely thrive in Spalletti's four, three, three system and his tactics. Yeah. So his best, be, striker, his best strikers have also been mobile. Right, yep. obviously, Osimhen, Icardi, you know, you know Totti. If you want to call him a striker, I mean, I guess he well, Jekyll, Jekyll wasn't mobile. Yeah, Jekyll wasn't. He, he won Capocannonieri too under under Spalletti. So that's true. That's, that's true. the maybe the, that's maybe the only one. So maybe that's the outlier. Yeah, but that's yeah because I, I I saw a couple of people start to make comments about Vlaovic and you know what's going on with him. What's going on with him is that he's the striker in a very predictable attack. You know where he's made to look excellent under he's made to look excellent with uh, with the way Italiano sets up his team. So Bob asked a good question about like is an Allegri system conducive to making high volume chances? It can, but more more often than not, it won't because Allegri mm-hmm. values defense more than anything else. I don't want to give up goals. I want I want that donut, and I'll I'll rather give up some you know sacrifice some opportunities. Can there can the quiet chances? Yes, we've seen games where where Allegri's team scores four or five goals. Um, they're absolutely capable of it, but more times than not, Allegri says, "You know what? Get one or two goals, and let's let's play smart, play defensive. Let's keep that shutout." He values shrinking the game. You know, he he values getting the lead and then shrinking the game and condensing it as much as he possibly can and taking the air out of it. So, yeah. um, imagine Vlaovic in a Derby system. I mean, my goodness. I mean, Brighton is sixth. Are they sixth or are they or did they get to fifth? Sixth, sixth. They're sixth. Yeah. They're sixth, and he doesn't have a proper striker right now. I mean, he, he's winning with Mitoma scoring goals, McAllister scoring goals, and, uh, you know, Sully March playing at a really high level. I mean, he lost um, to Sard, too. So, I mean, he lost his best yeah. player, arguably, you know, so they're still doing it. Yeah. Uh, Undav and uh, Ferguson. Ferguson will once in a while pop up for goals as a stri- as a striker. Undav over there hasn't hasn't panned out at all. I mean, it just tells you the, the, the job that he's done picking up the ball from, from Potter there at Brighton and running with it. And the dream of him coming back to Serie A is getting further and further away. Oh, I know, um, I know. So, uh, but, you know, just the job he's done with Brighton without having a consistent striker scoring goals and what he's turned Karu Mitoma into, which makes me say again, imagine if he came to Milan, what he would do with Rafael Leal. Right. Um, so, uh, but it's, you know, it, but that's, that, that they just imagine Vlaovic in a Tetsevi system. Imagine at Brighton right now with, with all that around him. Uh, it would be pretty damn impressive. So, yeah, it's... It's a. Uh, he has not paid off what Juve spent for him, but you know there's still time. Um, so we'll see. It's it's really what we can say. You know, this is his previous coach Italiano, uh, just got another big win uh, over Milan two one, um, yeah. and uh, it was a penalty from Nicolas Gonzalez, and then uh, it was a, a goal of the week candidate by Luka Jovic, great flying header. Uh, Teo Hernandez getting a nice goal there in the 95th minute for a small consolation for the Rossoneri, but uh, it was going to be uphill for Milan without Rafael Leo, who was out through suspension to begin with. Um, 
But it, it, it has to be said, I think that the adjectives uh, to describe uh, Milan in a game like this are disappointing and worrying um, in reasons that, okay, this is, this is not – when you don't have Leao, this just doesn't look good. Um, and it's just driving driving it further and further home that this Milan team is dependent on, on Leao – uh, it was a really underwhelming display from Milan, but I don't want to take away th- any take away anything from Fiorentina because I thought they played really well. Um, you know, summarize what you saw in that game on uh, Saturday. You know, obviously the the end result does not look good for Milan, um, but I don't think it was as bad a performance as most people are making it out to be, only because. They had their chances. They had six shots on target. Terraciano made some great saves in the game. Uh, even after going down one nothing, Milan had their opportunities. It's they just failed to score the final ball. Uh, very similar to what we were talking about with 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 Napoli. Obviously, Napoli had a lot more chances. But I mean, Fiorentina did Fiorentina deserve all the credit in the world. They came ready. It looked like Milan was probably overlooking them and looking looking ahead to Tottenham, uh, and kind of just let their guard down. Tamori made a, a silly foul, an absolute penalty, uh, which he's been looking a little suspect as of late. Um, and so that's obviously a penalty. It's going to be hard to save those, even with Mike Magnon and goal. But I thought Milan responded fairly well. Um, but again, they should be doing better. They should be beating a team like this. And I think a team that has aspirations of winning the Scudetto again, uh, whether it's the seniors or, or beyond, these are the kind of games you have to come back and fight. And they didn't. we really didn't see that fight until... It's stoppage time when when Teo Hernandez got the goal. Like I said, it, it wasn't as bad as I thought because I thought Milan had their chances in the game. Now, had they only had like one or two shots on goal, yeah, that'd be really worrisome for me. And, and the fact that the loss is uh, still worrisome, but I thought they had their chances there. They just didn't finish. Uh, right. And that's why I'm not like, oh, give her to this team, blow it up or anything like that, like a lot of people are, and give her to Pagliola because they had the opportunity. They just did not finish the opportunities. Yes, they need to finish, figure that out. But again, you got to give a lot of credit to Fiorentina for really uh, stepping up and continue their good form that they've had in both Conference League and in the league as of late. So, you know, shout out to Fiorentina for that. It had to be said. I mean, Tenacciano made a couple of big saves in this game. Yes, he did. Volley on Giroud. And then, uh, and I can't remember the one in the second half, uh, who, got the, who got the shot away. So, yeah. Um, without admitting, I, want, I wonder, did they have eyes elsewhere? Um, yeah, and, and that's the question that we can ask. Well, you know, yeah. it, 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 let, let, let's 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 remember this is still a relatively young team. Giroud aside, Zlatan aside, who are on the pitch. You know, you've got that game in London that that looms large. You know, do you think there was a hint of overlooking Fiorentina here? Sure, absolutely, absolutely. You're thinking a team like oh, this team's like you know a mid-table team, whatever. We're, you know, let's not worry about them right now. Let's 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 focus ahead. Uh, let's not get injured, and let's look ahead to Tottenham. What what can we do to get that? What do we have to do to get ready for that game? And they got caught. They got caught. This is their trap game, really, and uh, they paid for it. So, uh, Fiorentina, when they're when they're on, they can be they can be just anybody in this league, right? Um, and they and they showed in this game. They had a lot of opportunities. I thought Nico Gonzalez was really good. Um, I thought Jovic was fantastic on his goal, the way he made that maneuver to really turn Tiao around, uh, Malik Chao around. So, um, yeah, no, it's just uh, they were caught looking ahead, and, it, and I thought I think it was obvious just because they looked fairly flat for the most part. They were creating chances, but they looked flat compared to what we've seen in recent weeks. So uh, I think absolutely it's fair to say that they were looking ahead. Okay. Um, 
Fiorentina look like they're getting back into a rhythm. Um, you know, as we talk about them a little bit more, uh, I think, you know, he, he drew the penalty. Uh, so it's, it's, it's low hanging fruit, but I've watched a couple of his games recently. I think Jonathan Ikone is in really good form. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, for good. someone that's not scoring goals and getting assists, he's become a handful the way he can run at people actually got, he assisted Barack against, uh, uh, yes, Perona, uh, which was just a nice little individual run, just starting to the end and then cutting it back. And he's, he's got that in his locker, obviously, uh, you're seeing Nico Gonzalez, to your point, playing well. Amrabat may be kind of coming back from the World Cup hangover a little bit. And we talked about Mandragro last week yeah. um, finding a home in this midfield and doing some playmaking from that position. So it's coming around here for Fiorentina. I mean, I don't think that they're going to be a threat to finish top seven. I think they're a little far back. I mean, but yeah. they are at 31 points. Juve has 35 sitting in seventh. Might still be a task for them. Um, but not terribly out of the question. Um, but you know, I, I, another good display for them. And Igor Julio played really well in this game too. Yes, he did. It has to be said. Um, Thoughts on uh, Jovic? You think he's settled in yet, in Fiorentina? Um, I I I rate Cabral over him. Um, but it's not you know. I mean, obviously he came on, he scored a goal. Uh, a goal will help for sure. Yeah, certainly it'll help with this confidence. I mean, when he come on in the 81st and then scored six minutes later. So, um, you know, not going to not gonna hurt, uh, but we'll see. Now, let me ask you this for – let's come, come back to Milan here and, and the, the Champions League game, and we'll kind of get into a European preview. As, as, as much as Tomori struggled – I still think he. I think I, I still think you can't sit him. Um, you know, the. I think the England experience. I think you have to keep him in there. I think you might still keep Chow in there, but do you think maybe Tomori, Kr, and Chow is the back three tomorrow, or should be the back three, or is it Kalulu, Kr, and 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 Tomori, or what? What three? Because I think Kr is going to be in this in this mix. I think going to that environment, being in this situation, you're going to need that experience back there. Um, yeah. But tell me, tell me who else fills out that back three for Milan tomorrow. I mean, uh, gut instinct says I want to, I, I think Kalulu Chow and Tomori should start. However, you know, you do have to consider that Harry Kane is a wonderful striker. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if Malik Chow how he would handle with him just yet. He's not, I don't think he's ready for that. Kiar, we saw in the first game, did very well against him, put it in his pocket. I think if you're going to start, if Kiar has to play, I think it's going to have to be Kalulu on the right, Malik Chow on the left, and you sit Tamori. Even though I want to see Tamori right there, and I think Tamori, Chow, and Kalulu's speed could be, could help be very helpful in this kind of game, especially with the the, the speed that they bring with, with Son on one side. Uh, you got Richard also coming from the middle. You also got, um, um, you got uh, Kulashevsky in there, Parasic as well. Um, so I think the speed will help. But, I mean, whoever it is, whoever is the back three, I think to, um, Teo Hernandez and Salabachers, I assume, will have to do a lot of defensive work, better than what they did against Fiorentina. I think that they that was lacking in the game as well. Um, like on the Iconi play, like where was Teo Hernandez? He was way upfield, right? Um, so I think that has to be better. And, and then obviously the midfield two or whoever's in the midfield has to be very defensive. Milan have to be as disciplined in the, in the second leg as they were the first leg. They have a chance uh, to move on, and I think they, they have a good chance. But, yeah, the back three, I think it's 
at this point it's a moot point because I think yes, Kiara would bring great experience, but I think if you had you know Tamori, uh, Chow, and Kalulu, they'd be they'd be fine as well. But my big obviously my big worry was be Harry Kane, his experience, his technical ability. Kiara would understand better how to um, handle that versus Malik Chow. I think. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, we'll get to that. We'll we'll get to that a little bit more in depth here shortly. Uh, we should probably uh, knock out the remaining seven games from Match Week Twenty Five, Richard. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Uh, Monza hosting Ampoli. This game was uh, an entertaining game, actually. Went back and forth as my dog uh, shakes his uh, body around there. Uh, Chuda mm-hmm. got a goal in the nineteenth minute. Um, originally called back, VAR would look at it and he the goal would stand. So one nothing there. Uh, Satriano would get a goal in second half and 51st minute, make it 1 1. And then now uh, we saw Armando Itzo get the game winner in the 67th minute. Uh, like I said, entertaining game to watch. Uh, another entertaining game to watch, though it was a 0 0 fair. Atalanta Udinese, we saw pretty much it felt like it felt like it was all Udinese in the first half and all Atalanta in the second half. Both teams created opportunities. Silvestre made a fantastic save on Toloy at the end of the game to preserve the 0 0 game. But Nonetheless, no goals in this game. Uh, moving on to Sunday, uh, another 0-0 affair, uh, relegation six-pointer, if you will. Spezia hosting Hellas Verona. Um, this game was not as entertaining as Atalanta and uh, Udinese, but both teams had their chances. And Zola had some quality opportunities as well in this game. One off the post, uh, forced um, um, was a Paletti. I had to make a big save on him late in the game as well. Uh, Marchetti would get a red in 86, 82nd minute, but uh, 0-0 in that game. Another 0-0 game. Um, Sampdoria hosting Salernitana. Again, not as not as quality as Atalanta Udinese. Both teams had their opportunities. Adero made a big save in this game. Ochoa had some big saves as well. Uh, but no way could get, get in the back of the net, so 0-0 there. Inter hosting Lecce. Thought this could be a, a, a trap game for, for Inter with uh, the way Lecce has been playing lately. Even on the road, but mostly at home. Uh, but Inter got a goal early through Mkhitaryan. Nice play by the team. Ultimately, Barella setting up um, Mkhitaryan for the nice goal. Goal of the week candidate there. Uh, Lautaro would make it 2-0 in the 63rd minute. They would win the game. It was a lot tighter than Inter expected and Interisio expected, but uh, they get the win nonetheless. Give themselves a three-point cushion in second place. Um, and then moving on to Monday, uh, we had uh, Sassuolo hosting Cremonese. This is a very entertaining game. Um, Loriente is coming into his own. It's just the Sassuolo thing, you know. Boga, Boga was really good there. Um, uh, Caputo was good when he was there. It's just a talent that gets produced there. Barardi, obviously, he's still there and he does so well there. Uh, goal scoring would start through Loriente in the what was it, 20 26th minute. Um, he would get an assist in the 41st minute just before halftime. Uh, to Fratesi, wonderful work by Loriente there as well. Um, Dessers gets two goals in a matter of minutes, uh, makes it 2-2. You're thinking, Sassuolo's just blown this, right? But no, uh, of course, Loriente again sets up by Rami, who had a fantastic goal, goal of the week candidate there. They went 3-2 at the death. Inter- super entertaining game there. And then uh, to round it out, Torino hosted Bologna. Uh, game was a lot, lot more low scoring than I, than I was hoping for. I thought there would be a lot of chances for goals in this game. We did have a, a goal of the week candidate, Caramo Beautiful footwork to get past yeah. three, three, four guys in the box in a tight, tight area. Scored the goal there. Um, we had some opportunities both for Bologna and Torino in this game, but the goalkeepers came up big. One nothing. Torino win the game there. So uh, yeah, fun, fun uh, weekend. Not that many goals, sixteen, like you said, but there were still some uh, top goals this weekend. Uh, where do you want to start with all this batch? Um, Spezia, Hellas, Verona. Uh, 
great opportunity for Hellas Verona. Uh, and uh, ended up surviving, really. Um, I mean, Spezia should have come away winning this game. Yeah. Uh, but um, both goalkeepers were excellent. Uh, Pedilli had four saves. Uh, Dragovsky had three. Yeah, he was good, too. Yep. Um, you had good performances. Uh, I mean, it's some good performances all the way around. I expected more out of it. I thought this would be the game that Verona win this, had Spezia get the – you know, get the three points. Uh, yeah. Spezia is on, on yet another manager now. Leonardo Simplice is now the manager. Um, so they must have – did they move on from Luca Gotti then? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's who it was. You know who I thought was good in this game? Uh, Ngonge from uh, – for um, – hell, was it was he? Was it, I think it was him, right? Uh, and, uh, he – no, no, Cologne, excuse me. Cologne came on for Ngonge. Yeah, Ngonge, Ngonge had to come off after nine minutes. So Yeah, yeah. Cologne came on, and he was really setting the world on fire. I thought some great opportunities. God, that finishing was just lacking because I think had he scored a goal, just one goal, it would have been enough for, for Hellas. Um, he was really the, the creative spark for them. I thought maybe Lazovic would be the guy kind of pulling the strings in this one, but Cologne really surprised, uh, you know, maybe a player to watch here down the stretch for, for Hellas if they have any opportunity. Um just a, a great performance coming off the bench. And maybe that's what it was. He didn't have time prepared. And so he's had himself a hell of a game. Sometimes when you get the preparation, like you get the notification the day before, you, you sleep poorly, you play poorly. So uh, we'll see. But uh, yeah, I thought he was really, could have been a difference maker. And he had some great chances in this game that just fell slightly short. Yeah. Um, other than that, it just was pretty this is pretty much a dull <laughs> week. I mean, Atalanta uh, suddenly slumping here. Uh, not only that, just struggling to score goals. Just one goal in their last three games. When's the last time we said that about Atalanta? Yeah. Um, you know, getting the nil-nil draw against Udinese. Udinese struggling to win too. So just really strange game there. Uh, Sampdoria just can't get it over the line can they i mean no. it's just it's uh it's bizarre we want we got in depth about them last week um you know the team lacks pace they lack a lot of creative creativity yeah. you know they were outshot in this game despite having more of the ball uh Quirella came on for jesse in the 61st minute um didn't offer a whole lot uh Sabiri had to come off uh, 35 minutes into the game with an injury, and that's maybe one of your few creative guys that you have to work with. And um, strangely, Stankovic brings in Corey Gunter for yeah. Sabiri at that point, 35 minutes into the game. So you bring off a creative player who's forced out with injury and you put in a defender. I mean, and it probably is a, is an indictment on some of these other guys that you're <coughs> – you'd, you'd – otherwise probably trust in a role like that. Um, so, I mean, there is a bit of a laundry list of injured players also for Sampdoria. Ciudicic is out, Pusetto's out, Lammers was a doubt. So there wasn't a lot to work with to begin with. So I don't know if Stankovic has decided, all right, fine, we'll just try to take the 0-0 draw and get out of here. I don't yeah. really don't have anybody at this point. So, um, Monza getting back on track, I think that was important for them. Uh, you know, they've, 
they're sitting in eleventh, like at three points out of seventh. They're they're not out of this they're not out of this thing for the conference league. Crazy. Um, you know they're they're still hanging around. Torino getting a you know getting an important win over Bologna. That was a very interesting game. Bologna had been running really well uh, prior to that. They just come off the one 0 win over Inter. Yeah. Um, you know they they. But then they suddenly they'll just turn up and they'll have these ugly losses. So, you know, you know, Tiago Motta's come in there and he's, he's cured most things, but some things he still can't get Bologna over the hump on. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So those are just some of the observations that I had. What did you think of the weekend? I mean, obviously in Sassuolo and, and Loriente's performance, I mean, he absolutely terrorized Cremonese. Yeah, he arguably the man of the weekend really um, yeah. with his performance in that game. But, I mean, yeah. Uh, good to see Monza getting back on the winning on the winning column. I think this uh, what they got some really some really good a really good thing going on right there and uh, right now. And uh, I would be surprised if Monza become a thing in the top half of the table. You know, going forward, the way you know, it's obviously with Berlusconi and Galliani there, but you know, they got good pieces there. It's not just those guys; they're, they're bringing in quality players in there. Uh, so uh, good to see them doing that. Um, uh, as I mentioned, Udinese Atalanta was, was an entertaining game. Just lack goals, some big saves in this game. Musso had a great read on um, uh, who was that? Beto, I think it was Beto had a breakaway and he read it beautifully and like and got it out of there. Um, Sylvester again, timely saves, including the one late in the game on Taloy. Um, it's just inter- entertaining. It's a zero-zero game. I, I just no, I never would have bet that game would have been zero-zero, but this is why I don't bet. Um, but, uh, Bob, to answer your question about the, the center backs for Spezia, you know, it's it's been really status quo for them. They haven't been good. They haven't been bad. It, well, they haven't been too bad. They're not the worst defense in the league, but uh, they've 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 hummed along without uh, QBR. Um, again, they they probably should have won the game, like you said, Frank. I thought Anzola again. Anzola is one of the best players on the bottom six teams, arguably in the league. Um, mm-hmm. He should he should probably find a home somewhere better next year. Because uh, he he is a, a a striker who can create his own shot. Uh, he's very mobile. He's very versatile. Can read the game very well. And so that's one of the one of the bright spots for for Spezia. And then he couldn't do anything in this game, though he came close a couple times. Um, uh, yeah, I touch on Inter. Inter, I think they they struggled in this game. And obviously, Lecce are a team that will are fighting tooth and nail. They 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 want that. They want to ensure survival. You know, for next season. Um, they got the early goal, which helped a lot. I think when Mkhitaryan scored, it kind of relieved some of the pressure. Uh, Onana still had to make some saves, right? Um, but I think for the most part, Inter did well, uh, limiting the the danger shots from uh, against Onana. And then I think Inter had their opportunities. They needed, they still need to do better on the finishing. However, I think they they got the timely goal. Lautaro scoring that goal really relaxed them, I think, and. Uh, after Lecce wasn't able to kind of put any real threat on Onana, I think the game was just a scene of that game out. And I think it's a good recovery for them after losing to Bologna last week where everyone's saying, you know, Inzaghi out, who do we get next, right? Uh, so that kind of calms those waters for a little week, a little while. It's going to be big for them as it, it's an important week for Milan this week in the Champions League. It's going to be equally as important for Inter when they when their Champions League yeah. game comes because how they perform there will tell you a lot about how maybe the direction of the manager will go for next season. For both both clubs, honestly, yeah. uh, and both teams are expected to go far, go to another round. I, I should say, uh, especially with both teams having a lead. So we'll see. Um, ultimately, it is a, a, it comes down to two teams or two cities: city of Rome, city of Milan, for the for the 
final three Champions League spots, and it's going to be a fun ride because you have both Lazio and Roma getting big wins this weekend. And then both, you know, Inter, yeah, they struggled with their win. And Milan, they lost. So, I mean, it's all within three points for the four teams. Uh, it's hard to say who's going to win. I mean, every week it's – I still lean that the two Milanese clubs will have the advantage over both the Roman clubs for two or three spots. But it's, anything's possible. And if Lazio and Roma continue to get big wins like they did this weekend, nothing's out of the, out of the realm. And, hey, that doesn't mean they can't get second either. So – even though it might be a stretch, I, it's it's fun to see that it's four big teams, two cities battling out for the final three spots. So uh, just as just as entertaining as probably the the relegation battle as well. So yeah, yeah, definitely. It's uh, you know plenty to play for here. So um, you know it's still uh, you know and then just reflecting on that uh, that relegation fight you know it's right now who can catch spezia out of these three teams obviously excuse me uh verona having the best chance uh but then you i think i I think salernitan is still in this conversation lecce it might just take a complete epic collapse for them to yeah to fall back into this um but been a while since Empoli won too so that's true that is true an eye on that yeah. Uh, keep an eye on that. And then I just wanted to come back to Bob's question about <clears throat> Spezia since being without QVR. This was their first clean sheet, and I, it's, it's been a while. But, I mean, the last four games, they've either given up two or three goals. Um, so it has been a little bit of a struggle. So uh, goals of the week for you? Uh, goals of the week for me. Where did I put my goals of the week? Uh, all right, so my honorable mentions. Um, it's gonna be goalie heavy. This uh, Silvestri save on Taloy in the 89th minute. Um, also giving a shout out to Jovic's flying header. Great movement by him to kind of confuse Malik Chow. Great assist by, by Dodo. Uh, then uh, Pirilli save on Amian in the 87th minute. I thought it was also a great save. But my top five, Di, Di Gregorio, his save uh, minutes before the game winner. Uh, I thought it was a huge save by for the Monza goalkeeper. Uh, to help ultimately get them get the win against Empoli. Caramo, uh dancing through three, four guys and getting that goal. Really fancy footwork by him that comes in number four. Number three, I got to give it to Marco Matarazzi. Uh, Luca Mancini, a uh, wonderful goal by him from distance. I mean, just power placement there. Um, number two, I'm going to the Napoli-Lazio matchup. I'm going to double save on the goal line. Obviously, also gets a header. Provedel goal line save as Immobile as well. A fantastic play there. Really could have you know changed the game there had they gone in. And then number one, I think Matteo Vecino, wonderful goal by him from distance. A uh, huge mistake for Cavada, but what a thumping shot. I mean, I don't know anybody in the world is going to save that shot. The, the, the power it had, the skip that it had that really made it even go faster. That was just a great goal by Vecino. Yep. Uh, good shouts. Good shouts. Uh, fifth for me is Jovic's goal uh, uh, to... Uh, Ultimately, win the game for Fiorentina. Uh, number four, I'm going to go with Carnamo uh, with that individual effort uh, for Torino against Bologna. Uh, number three, I'm going with uh, Nadine Barami uh, oh, yeah. with yeah. Uh, the winner for Sassuolo, the volley over uh, Cremonese. Uh, and then at number two, I am going with uh, Gianluca Mancini's goal for Roma to beat Juventus. And I'm with you on goal of the week. It is Matias Ficino, uh with the winning goal against Lazio. So um, those are my shouts for top five for goal of the week. Let's move the conversation, Richard, to Europe. Uh, Game today, Lazio. So good news, Lazio beat 
Napoli, bad news. Uh, Lazio are painfully reminded why Luis Maximiano is a bad investment because huh. um, Maurizio Sarri decided to go with him in goal for this uh, conference league game against Atzet Alkmaar. Atzet Alkmaar had two shots on target and scored both of them. Um, but it started with Pedro scoring, getting assisted by uh, uh, Matias Zakanyi. Um, and then it was uh, Kerkaj, uh scoring uh, in the 62nd minute, played in by Jesper Carlson. And then uh, the, or actually that was that was the winner in the 62nd, just before halftime. Carlson, yeah. Carlson had two assists in this game, was really good. Uh, but Pavlidis, who's been uh, Azed Alkmaar's leading scorer this season, uh, uh, scored uh, to level things before halftime. So. Uh, Lazio won on the stat board, but lost on the scoreboard. And just coming down to one decision in terms of giving Provedel a rest, it's going to probably come back to haunt their Europa League chances, don't you think? Right. Yeah. Conference we, League chances, I should say. Yeah, we talked about, you know, they had to win and get a positive result against Akbar on at their home because going to Netherlands is always difficult. Akbar is one of the top teams in, 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 in the Eredivisie, and so... Good luck with that. Um, yeah. I, I don't. I don't like those chances. And I think, in particular, in this game, I think Pedro and and, and Sergei Milenkovic were particularly poor. Both of them costly mistakes on both goals. Um, and so, as good as they were in the in the in the encounter against Napoli, I thought they were equally as bad. Um, uncharacteristic turnovers by both of them. Uh, you know, maybe if they're on the road, getting those turnovers, you'd be like, okay, I can get, I can see the, the hostile crowd, but mm-hmm. they, they couldn't figure it out. And it really cost our team. And they're not the only reason the team lost, but I mean, it was glaring to me to see those, the mistakes that they, those two were creating. And both of them were, their mistakes were so pivotal on both goals that Akmar scored. So, yep. Um, not much to say about this game. I mean, it really just came down to bad goalkeeping by uh, Maximiano, but we also, we, we warned that, that this is a good Alkmaar side. Um, it was actually laughable when I went and I saw the um, uh, some of the odds on this and saw that both teams to score, yes, was at plus 120 and no was at minus 160, as if everybody um, assumed that Lazio was going to win and get a clean sheet. Or maybe they thought Alkmaar was going to go there and win and get a clean sheet. And I was like, no, both teams are scoring in this game. Um, so... Helped a couple of friends. I was saying, oh, if you want, if you want some action on this game, the both teams to score sitting in the plus, sitting on the plus side, go bet that. Because um, I don't, I don't see either team keeping the other team out. So, um, and uh, so that 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 paid, they probably paid off some people handsomely. So, did you pick uh, Lazio to uh, get eliminated by Akmar? I, th- I think you did, right? I know I did. I, I had. I I don't Last know. Week so long ago, <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I thought I had Lazio scraping through. Okay. Um, I think Roma is the only team that I had going out at this stage between okay. Europa and uh, yeah. uh, between the Europa and between the Conference League. Yeah. Um, let's move. Let's talk about this Tottenham Milan game a little bit more here. Champions League uh, second leg um, at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh, Milan taking a one nil advantage there to. Uh, Spurs, uh, some of the news and notes, uh, Tottenham will be without Eric Dyer, uh, who is suspended. Uh, so that is, uh, noteworthy. Um, uh, Calabria is out. Florenzi's out. They have, they have Benesser listed as out on sofa score. I don't think he is though. Is he? He played, he played today. So yeah, he played, he played on Saturday. So I think that that's a mistake. 
Uh, Spurs are going to be fairly shorthanded, but besides Dyer being suspended, Loris is still out, so Fraser Forrester's in goal. Uh, Basuma is out. Bentoncourt looks like he's out. Um, and Sessignon's out. Uh, looks like the only unfit guys for Milan at the moment uh, appear to be Calabria and Florenzi. Uh, based on what I've got in front of me here, they say Benesser, but I, I know that's not that's not true. They expect Brian Diaz to be back. Um, he trained with the team. Olivier Giroud, I think, sat out of a practice with an illness but recovered from that, so he's back with the team. Um, Spurs are good in transition, attack the space in between attack the space in between the right wing back and the, and the right center back. And I, I, I fully agree with Bob. I thought that that was a big key for me, for Milan in the first leg and what led to their success. Um, you know, Rafael Leal had a reasonably good performance um, in this game. He had some giveaways that were probably, you know, still head scratching in the first leg at the San Siro. Um, him being suspended for the Fiorentina game might be a blessing here because he'll play. He'll, there's no way. Pioli doesn't play him the full 90 here. Yeah. Um, and then Diaz being available too, I think we'll, we'll change this dynamic a little bit here. I'm sticking with my prediction that we talked about last week. I think this game ends one, one, and I think Milan go through. Um, I think a score, I think they get the score draw uh, and go through. I just think there's enough struggle with Tottenham Hotspur um, and they're going to have a, a midfield of Oliver skip and, uh, Hoybeard. Um, and frankly, I rate Tonali and Benacer over Hoybeard and Skip. The only thing I would say is, is that we've seen some pretty, we've seen some pretty rough performances from Tonali of late. He's going to need to step up, you know, and be in a, be in a position to boss the midfield. Is that what you see here? How do you think the game goes down tomorrow? Yeah, uh, I was just looking because I, you know, UEFA has uh, been us here out too, and I was trying to see if he picked up an injury in the Milan game that I just that I missed or something like that. So I'll have to keep an eye on that one there. But then I, I think I, I see the game that way as well. You know, people got to remember that Tottenham are struggling for form as well. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Bissoma suspended is says uh, Mr. Bob Black. So, um, but the core is out for the season. Yeah, so a lot of people are out, but. Uh, Milan got to pretty much played similar to what they did uh, in the first leg. I think the big thing with them is what we saw in the in the Dortmund Chelsea game today is that you have to be paying attention to the home crowd. And the home crowd in any in any second leg is going to be difficult, especially a place like London. Um, Milan are going to have to ride that wave that's going to happen in the first twenty minutes, at least if not thirty minutes. Uh, we see that we see them when they play Liverpool back in the past, how, how how daunting it can be. And so if they can ride that wave. Either get a goal themselves or keep it zero zero. I think they'll be fine. What the, you know, the trouble always is when you go to a, an away game, especially the game where the crowd can get into it like like it can in London. Um, if Tottenham get a goal early, that put the youngsters at ease, unease, right? And I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of experience on the team, but I think there's enough talent on this team. And you know, having Leao back, I think they should be fine. And I, and I agree. I think at minimum they get a one one draw on this and, and progress out of here. Uh, but it, you know. You cannot discount Tottenham. Yeah, they're in bad form at the moment. I mean, you could say Milan as well, I guess, in, in, in a way, but after last game. But um, I expect Leao to come out flying in this one, especially because he, he should be fully rested now and not playing in the last game, like you said. Uh, and I, I think, you know, the midfield battle is going to be won, uh, has to be won uh, by Milan. Um, 
and if you add the 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 wrinkle what we saw with Terra Hernandez possibly you know not only attacking but it was attacking in the middle adds this adds to that midfield you know dominance that they could have and that could be really what the key to unlocking the game but you know Teo and and Salamarker's gonna have to work their ass off offensively and defensively if they do not help the back three it could be trouble and that's gonna be a big key for them defensively is those wing backs have to come back and help that the, the holy midfielders have to be there to assist as well because there will be moments when Tottenham will put pressure on and so how Milan responds to that especially early on will be you know a make or break for them yep Definitely agree with that. I mean, conceding early is going to be an issue. And I think that the way Pioli will have Milan set up is to avoid that happening. You know, you just got to stay disciplined, avoid the silly mistakes, don't give away the silly penalty, the silly fouls around the box with some of the free kick specialists that Tottenham have at their disposal in the lineup going out there. And then hitting them on the break. I think it's a it's a potential for a big game for Leal because, once again, I think that... Romero is a booking waiting to happen, sometimes a sending off waiting to happen. And you're going to have Clement Lungley back there uh, in Eric Dyer's place, who is not the marking defender that Dyer is. Um, I, I see Giroud getting some chances. So I think that combination of Leo and Giroud is live here. Um, you know, but I just, on the other end, you got to worry about Kane. You got to worry about Sun because Hyungmin Sun is starting to round into form a little bit here too. Mm-hmm. Um, Ivan Pedisic is going to create some problems here on the left. And, you know, and Emerson Royale is going to keep Teo Hernandez honest. Okay. So, um, the, the, but I still, I think it's the midfield that's the key. If Tonali and Benacer or Tonali and Krunic can get the upper hand over Skip and Hoiberg, and that is a winnable battle for them. I think that that could set the tone and set Milan up for success here in this game tomorrow. So, yeah. um, and driving to my point about the form, you know, people are saying, "Oh, Milan is struggling at the moment." They got one loss in the last five games. You know, uh, look at Tottenham; they've had three losses in the last five. So um, they're they're in a bit of rough shape as well. And so, if Milan can catch them at the right time, do some good things, I think this is should be a a progression out of the group, out of this or out of this round for Milan. But we'll see. Anything yep. can happen. Yep, for sure. Um, okay, so we now go to let's 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 go to the other games here that are going to take place on Thursday. Preview those. Fiorentino is hosting Sivaspor. Uh, Sivaspor is coming off of a four-three defeat at uh, uh, Karagumruk. Did I pronounce it right? Sounds good to me. Okay. <laughs> um, but have been on a little, been on a decent run. I mean, we talked about them last week. Said they're a mid-table team in the Turkish league. Um, you know, there's certainly some ability to score, uh, but obviously, as evidenced by conceding four to Karagumruk, it's there's a there's a uh, tendency to uh, concede as well. So. Um, we talked about Gradle being a veteran player in this team. Uh, Ahmed Moose is a guy that they'll probably um, uh, call upon, uh, you know, in hopes of getting some goals. Samu Saiz is a guy that we, uh, you know, that, that we might want to be concerned with when we're talking about guys that uh, uh, Sport can throw at you. Clinton and Jai, uh, the Cameroon International. Um, yeah. So we've talked about all these guys. Um Oh, Adam Adam Leijic plays for this uh, Karagumruk team, huh? Interesting. I was wondering whatever happened to him. He got an yeah. assist in this game too. And I'm looking at the box score. Wow. Um, but anyway, 
Uh, and we're not worried about them. Uh, so, so CMS Sport has there, but if, if Fiorentina, I mean, the way they're playing right now and the form that they're finding themselves in, this is pretty easy. Uh, this, this should be pretty easy for, um, uh, what do we call them? Fiorentina, <laughs> um, to, to, to win this game. I'm going to go three nil. I think it's pretty comfortable. Yeah, that is, it is Pirlo's team. Thank you. Uh, uh, Fatih Karagumruk. This was Pirlo's team. Yep. That that beat Sivaspor. So yes, yes. Um, and he's got them in eighth in the Turkish league. He's got them. On yeah, the they come one, up. Actually. They were they were pretty low, but they got on a bit of a run here. So uh, good for Pirlo. He's got a couple of Italians on the team as well. So yeah, he's got uh, Ricci on the team. He's good. He's, he's dusted off Andrea Bertolacci. Look at this squad, man. I know. Davide Biraski yeah. is in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's it's funny. He's got Emiliano Viviano as a backup goalkeeper. Yeah, uh, it's team Italy there. Um, yeah, and he's got. Uh, and Sofian Figuli came off the bench too. Oh yeah. Oh, oh wow. Um, I see. Yeah, I see Fiorentina winning comfortably too. Um, I'm gonna say I would say two nothing. Against Sivaspor, they need they need to have a, a comfortable win, you know, because you never want to go to Turkey with a, a close matchup because anything can happen there. Um, but I think, yeah, I think Fiorentina, especially the way they've been playing as of late over the last month or so, uh, I, I I say two nothing, three nothing, maybe, but uh, yeah, definitely two nothing for sure. Okay, I got three nothing. I think Fiorentina win comfortably and set themselves up for the next round. So, um, okay, well, the Europa League games, let's start with the rock fight uh, that will go on at the Olimpico between Roma and Real Sociedad. I, yeah. Man, I I really want to say 1-0 to Roma hmm. um, to win this game. I have Sociedad going through. So if I say Roma win this game 1-0, then I'm saying Sociedad's going to win 2-0 in Spain. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think this goes 0-0. Um, I don't I don't know if it, I don't know if there's a winner in this game. I think that Sociedad will set up to try to take some things away. They'll have some things on the counterattack that Marino will be willing to respect. But I also think Mourinho might want to try to counter Sociedad too. So right. I, I just don't have a good read on this game. Uh, Bob's going Sociedad. I'm going them for the overall tie, but here I, I'll go nil nil. I mean, I, 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 if I'm predict, if I'm predicting Sociedad to go through, I've got to have a scoreline here at the Olympico that says that it sets up for Sociedad to to get it done. And nil nil is going to be nil nil is going to suit the Spanish side just fine. And I think that that's what happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I too think uh, Sociedad is going to ultimately go through and over the two legs here. Um, but I don't know. I, I mean. I think Sociedad are very, very competent on the road. Uh, you know, they're they are obviously at home. They're a decent. They're a decent squad. Uh, we've seen them many times in these European competitions and just La Liga teams in general. Um, I'm gonna say just. I'm gonna say score draw. I don't want to say two losses for for Roma. I say a score draw in this one. I think Roma can find a way to get a goal, but you know, Mourinho is really gonna have to Mourinho the hell out of this game to get a result. I think. Uh, Point or draw, I think he's going to have to or win or draw. He's going to have to park the bus and really play on the counter and be clinical on those opportunities that they have. Not that they don't have good players. I just, I just fancy Sociedad's players that they have. They have some playmakers on this team, uh, including you know 37 year old uh, David Silva too. That you can't, you can't discount him. You know, class is permanent. So right. yeah, one one. I say one one. Okay. Um, and then finally, Juventus and Freiburg. Um, 
This is an interesting game. Uh, the odds makers have Juve as a minus 154 favorite. Um, they also uh, they also favor that both teams won't score. So this is all going in the direction that they think Juve will, uh, will win uh, and win clean, not concede a goal. I don't agree with that. I think they'll win, um, but I'm going to go 2-1 uh, here in the first leg. I think Juve is going to go through over the course of both legs. I think they're going to win 2-1 here, uh, and then they'll try to shithouse Freiburg in Germany. Um, likely be successful, maybe get out of there with a score draw, but in order to do that, they got to take advantage of Germany, and if I'm picking Juventus to go through at this stage, then let's say 2-1 here. I respect what Freiburg does going forward enough that I think that they'll get they'll get something on Juventus's, uh, on Juventus's defense. So, uh, 2-1 to Juve, they'll take that advantage back to Germany for the second leg. You know who is a team that both Freiburg and Juventus have in common this season? Hmm. Not. Uh, Freiburg handled them easily 6-0 over two games, um, it's including a 4-0 victory on the road. I say, you know, you can't discount Freiburg. Um, they are a good team. And I predicted Freiburg to win this, win this the two legs. Hmm. Um, but I think at the J... I think they get a surprising score draw. I think maybe like a, a one one. Okay. Maybe maybe even two two. Uh, but I think it's a score draw, and I think Freiburg are gonna open some eyes to at least an Italian folk. Obviously, we all know Vincenzo Grifo. Uh, mm-hmm. and you're gonna see him in, in full throttle for sure. But I think Freiburg are are a decent squad, and they're managed by a, a fantastic manager. I think you know. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think it's a shock for Juventini. But I think the goal will come somewhere. Freiburg's goal is going to come somewhere through their midfield. It's not going to come yeah. from Greg, Greg, Gregorich. I think no, Gregorich is a kind of striker that the Juventus defenders like to see. Yeah, because um, he doesn't isn't going to give them a lot of trouble. And I mean, it's so unpredictable. Yeah, it's going to take a complete <laughs> lapse in concentration uh, for them to allow Gregorich to score. Uh, so that's what I, the, you know. So it's going to come from a Grifo or a Don or. Uh, who's the other guy that they got through the midfield that's really good? Um, What's this ticket me? fiasco that Mr. Bob's talking about? You know about this? I don't know about this. I didn't see anything about a uh, ticket fiasco. Mr. Bob, you're going to have to chime, on, chime in on this for us. Uh, I know that, that there was something with the uh, Napoli game uh, where they weren't going to allow the visitors to buy any kind of tickets. I know that. I saw that. Uh, but I'm curious to see. So, hmm. Hmm. Um, Kyle, yep. Kyle knows. Yeah, yeah. Grifo's going to be motivated to be able to play in Italy, uh, you know, against oh, yeah. Italian opposition. So, oh, yeah. um, you know, some of these Italian players just can sometimes have this complex that they've been exiled from Serie A clubs and they just go and play <laughs> their trade overseas and they stay there. Yeah. He's, um, he's we've got this fellow from, uh, what, Stiao Bucharest who might be getting called up to the Italian national team. Yeah. Did you see this? Compagno, I think, is his last yeah. name. Yeah. Okay. So... Um, but yeah, it didn't get the chance to come back to Italy. It'll, it'll certainly motivate you. So that'll be an interesting thing to keep an eye on, uh, within that game. So, um, but yeah, uh, that's going to set the table for you guys for Europe for the rest of the week as it pertains to Serie A teams. Uh, what else do we have on this plate? Um, that's it. For that, for the, for that's Europe. it. Have we gotten through all of it? Yeah, we have. Wow. Mr. Bob says, so the Germans bought Juve memberships to get tickets, and then Juventini ripped them up and canceled them. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> Smart. Ah, okay. Trying to trying to, trying to, to 
get a little sneaky. So um, anyway, huh. so that is the European roundup. Uh, we've 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 uh, we've gone through it all. There's only one thing left, Richard. The world's most popular hashtag game. It's time for who won Calcio Twitter. Take it away. All right, starting it off, we're going to start it off with Mourinho. We just talked about it a couple minutes ago. Uh, and so the, the, the comment was, I'll read the, the, the comment here, but it says, Lazio are unhappy with Jose, uh, Jose, Jose Mourinho's conduct in the U14's Rome derby. Uh, Mourinho reportedly booed a Lazio player when he was taking a penalty and told the young Roma players to waste time towards the end of the game. One of the most Mourinho things ever. So Mourinho <laughs> gets a nomination in Who Won Couch on Twitter. I want to say that he had the senior team come help celebrate with the youth team when they beat Lazio, too. I think you're right. I think I heard that or saw that somewhere, too. So, Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, Italian football news at Foot Italia 1. Uh, Hakan Chalanola believes he is undervalued in his role, is not far off uh, from the levels of Modric and De Bruyne, and explained why the return of Marcelo Brozovic is good for the team, even if it's competition for midfield positions. I mean, the, the, the balls on this guy to think he has anywhere level of Modric and De Bruyne. I mean, it's um, laughable. That's all I can say. It's I mean, laughable. I want to tell you this. He's having a good he's having a good season, but he is sure. not Kevin De Bruyne, and he's not Luka Modric. Oh, he's having a great season, but he is nowhere near their level. A little bit of a swelled head there. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. Moving on to the swelled head. Perisic. Perisic is in the house. Uh, Malik Chow trying to stop Jovic like... <laughs> I, I don't think Chow would look like that, but he did. He did get beat pretty bad by uh, Jovic for sure. <laughs> that Funny is good. Uh, we've got uh, at G underscore Kobyanki Junior Macias first half highlights versus Fiorentina. <laughs> I got to play here. He's got like an Uber or something picking him up. <laughs> Delivery man, huh? Okay, now he's got rope. Maybe this guy's picking him up. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, it's a delivery track. So, Junior Messias, not much of uh, anything uh, against Fiorentina. So. Apparently. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, this is three minutes This is three minutes long? Yeah. yeah I'm not going to watch the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Napolinissimo. Uh, he gets nominated here by uh, Anthony as well. And it's uh, – I'll read the comment here. It's Juve giving Dybala the $4 million he deserves. <laughs> Look at the side eyes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm gonna give it to you i don't want to but i'm gonna give it to you all right at tony Molassi seven uh art vandalay uh uh we're also inflating shampoo prices in reaction to average beans and enjoyer at jfc underscore sammy saying notice nipples is not in stock smallest club in italy in my honest opinion I don't put the whole picture there. So, uh, Notice how nipples is not in stock. <laughs> is that who he's calling Napoli? Nipples? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. good lord. Uh, all right. Uh, Patrick Kendrick gets the next nomination. And it's so uh, it's uh, so he wrote, uh, he says, uh, Selective Amnesia. So it says Juventus uh, transfer battle uh, for seven games and then uh, look, it was undefeated in the last seven games. And I guess they forgot the loss to Napoli there, huh? There's seven <laughs> games there. It's just Oops. Selective Amnesia. Whoops. Oops. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Moving on. Uh, Sergio is nominating. Is he nominating Neretsuri? Yes. Let's see. Starting with uh, <laughs> at MXHEL underscore. Jekko watching Lataro get subbed off knowing he has to compete yet complete yet another 90 minutes. <laughs> the dead fish. 
<laughs> then uh, Ned and Sue going, Jekko trying to fight off 29-year-old Italians. <laughs> this walker. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I like that. I think that's the leader in the clubhouse so far. Yeah, yeah. Anthony nominates our Francesco Calcio. It says the Serie A TV rights for the next cycle are going to sell so well with all of this excitement. Spezia zero zero with Verona, Sampdoria Salernitana zero zero, Inter Lecce two nothing, and Roma Juventus zero zero at that point. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that's that's funny. All right, uh, Napoleon Ismo back on the board uh, with his interpretation of Quadrado. Just running around, dancing around, doing not doing anything. All right. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, moving on, uh, Saeed. That's what Saeed said. Uh, Moise Kane highlights versus uh, Juve- uh, versus Roma comes on, and game's off. Game's done. <laughs> Game over. <laughs> Thirteen second appearance. Pretty much what Moise Kane had. So. Yeah. Oh, that's good. All right, and we've got. Uh... I'll let you read this because you can translate it. Oh yeah, it's, uh, this is for uh, Italian football podcast. Uh, so they did a, they did an interview with uh, Jacopina from Spal, and they jokingly said that uh, Do- Donald Trump would buy Inter, and every Italian media ran with it, th- thinking that was the true rumors. And so the quote here is say, in Italian is saying that if I if I if I tell Trump to to go for this, he's gonna go. He's gonna buy Inter to win. And they ran with this like, wow, like, this went viral in Italy because everyone thought that Jacopino was serious. They were just joking about it. So <laughs> Italian Football Podcast and Jacopino get the Who and Couch Twitter nominee because they fooled everybody in Italy. They, did, wow. they, they just saw the, the blurb and they thought, oh, my God, Donald Trump's buying Inter. Like, no, he's not. Calm down. <laughs> All right. At Scaloni fan, our friend Don Totti, NYC Juventus is taking this Ross to Roma harder than I thought. <laughs> Bro, what are you doing? Oh, we gotta play the whole thing. Gotta play the whole thing. Bro, what are you doing? Bro, 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 I'm not doing anything, bro. Why are you recording me, man? What was that? It's not what it looks like, dude. I don't even like that song, bro. Bro, come on, just delete that, bro. I, I, I think that this video is going to cast a wider web, uh, is going to cast a wider net than what this uh, this poor bastard might uh, oh. might like. So. Oh, my gosh. All right, uh, Napolinismo with the next one. It's Freiburg fans trying to enter the Juventus Stadium, and it's uh, Max Verstappen trying to get in and can't get into Red Bull headquarters. <laughs> uh, poor ticket scandal. Oh, man. Okay, so I think it's down to uh, Scaloni fan or uh, Nerazzotti this week. Uh, which one was Scaloni fan? Um, the NYC Juventus video. NYC Juventus, yeah, that that was funny. And the other one was the other one, which one? Big Show. Yes. Uh, which one was it? With which the old man it? kicking the kid into the pool. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good one too. Um, that's a hard one. Um, I don't know. I got to go with Scaloni fan. I thought it was funny. <laughs> it was a funny video. I was like, bro, I don't even like it. Bro, bro, bro turn it off. Delete it. No, I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you with that? <laughs> bro, what are you doing? <laughs> bro! Bro, bro, bro. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> what was that? How would it look like, dude? I don't even like that song, bro. Bro, come on, just delete that, bro. 
need that, bro. Yeah, I'll go. Okay, but yeah, that's our winner. That's so Scaloni, oh. I mean, he's had one. Of, I think he had the best one of all time with the. Uh, oh. Didn't he have the best one with the uh, the, the the Napoli? Uh, or what was? I can't remember what it was. Where he had the whole band, the band walking on the street. Don't talk to yeah, yeah. He had yeah. the uh, the band Roma fans. Uh, you know, there's a fire burning in the back of the city, and the the, the Elmo dancing down the street or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's an all timer there. Uh, Mr. Bob says, bro, bro. Anthony says, uh, <laughs> Anthony says the big show went for him. All right. All right. Yeah, it's funny. Don Totti, uh, he's back, back in our lives again. Uh, yeah. So, while you're doing that, uh, obviously, big games coming up this week, uh, in European action. Um, so yeah, sit down if you if you haven't done so already. Make sure you uh, subscribe to our YouTube page, like the video, it will definitely help us out in the long run for sure. Um, yeah, go to seriousitem.com. We'll try to, you know, add more add some articles and you know whatever videos come out you'll see that as well with not only on the website but also on youtube as well um nothing to plug right now i mean uh obviously want to shout out to milan weekly podcast you were on there uh recently to do the uh to do the tell us about that episode actually it was about the um uh youth right no i have i have yet to oh that wasn't yet I have yet to get on and, and set that up with Presidente and it would be more of there. It wouldn't be on Milan Weekly podcast. It would be those group of guys do a grassroots soccer grassroots, that's podcast what is, yeah. that I'll eventually yeah. appear on and, uh, you know, get into a discussion with them about. So Bro. that's on the horizon. So, um, uh, so we will, uh, we'll let everybody know when that, when we, when we're able to make that happen and when that Beautiful. drops. So, Beautiful. Beautiful. um, but, uh, that's about it. I got to start putting some entries on the website. So I'm getting that up. Is, is the website launched yet? Oh yeah. Okay. Where you been? Well, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> too busy with my job. And bro, my, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> not what, not what this, not what that kid was doing in the tech. Uh. Area, I promise you that. You don't want me doing that. You don't want me get. You don't want that caught on camera, man. That that oh ends that that ends uh, our podcast. <laughs> that ends our podcast. That probably ends social media as we know it too. Oh my so. god! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, oh. but no. Anyway, so um, yeah. So we'll uh, we'll let you know when that drops. So we'll uh, and then yeah, we'll certainly get some uh, some content going on the website <laughs> as well. So, but in the meantime, we're going to put a bow on this edition of Serious Sit Down. Uh, we have our own channel on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. Uh, we can be found on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever there's podcasts. There is Serie Sit Down. Um, you can find me at FTC underscore 21. Richard, where can they find you? At R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. And you can find us at Serie Sit Down, all one word, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, chime in with your thoughts, questions, comments. Hashtag Who Won Calcio Twitter. Spell that all, all one word. Uh, if you want to nominate something for future Who Won Calcio Twitters, uh, please keep it clean, civil, funny, uh, without being terribly offensive. If yeah. there's something offensive, we won't read it. So um, just to uh, to, warm, to warn everybody. We've got Roma Sassuolo this weekend, Richard. We've got Napoli Atalanta this weekend. So yeah. some interesting games here in, in the grand scheme of things. Um, you know, we've got uh, – let me just see how the rest of the uh, slate is shaking out. I believe we've got Spezia and Inter on Friday. So they're giving Inter a chance to play a little earlier so they can get out of there and head to uh, – Head to their head to Porto. Uh, Napoli Atalanta is being played on Saturday. Uh, Lazio going to Bologna. That's certainly an interesting game with the way Bologna have played, especially at home. 
Um, and then, uh, yeah, Roma and Sassuolo on March 12th. Uh, Milan will play Salernitana on Monday. So, um, yeah, so we've got uh, Napoli, Atalanta, Roma, Sassuolo. Some early thoughts on those games? Uh, Roma, Roma, Sassuolo, you would think it'd be a high-scoring game, but it won't be. I think it'll be a low-scoring game, which is going to play to Roma's hands. But um, don't discount the way Lorienta has been playing with, with Sassuolo. I think they have a chance to get a, get a draw on this one. Um, and then I think uh, Napoli-Atalanta is going to be an entertaining game. Uh, I I mean, I think Napoli bounced back, but it's going to be a big test for them just because, you know, Atalanta have the potential to, you know, do they have the defense every now and then, and then they, they can score goals as well. So but it's going to be a good test for Napoli, but I think Napoli prevail on this one. Okay. I am with you. I think Napoli get back on track. Uh, Atalanta just struggling to score right now, uh, which, you know, it's it's I don't I, I I'm not with you Bob I don't think it'll be goals 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 I think it'll be a comfortable Napoli two 0 win I think that they'll make Atalanta look pretty ordinary uh, as Atalanta have been playing so we'll see uh, you know you might be right and I might be wrong so um, but uh, we will discuss that and everything else uh, City uh, uh, how does next Tuesday sound sounds good all right we'll be back with you all next. Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, here live on our YouTube channel. Until then, for Richard, I'm Frank. Make sure you tell the Paisans about us. Ciao.